0: Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat.
1: I'm Charlene.
0: And Charlene, our Weedy Weedy for July is at the intersection of Broadway and history.
1: (gasps) Ooh! Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton.
0: <laughs> so the Broadway musical using hip hop and singing to tell the story of one of the founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton, is now playing in El Paso and we both saw it, but and I gasped when you told me <laughs> you never listened to the soundtrack. No. You didn't watch the theater recording version on Disney like nope. nada. It, it was almost as if you went in there naked.
1: I did. A virgin of sorts.
0: So I have been listening to this pretty much ad nauseum since it originally came out because the kids listened to it. Hani listened to it. Like it was in the car. It was. And then when it came out July 4th, some years ago, I listened to it then as well or watched it then. Like we made a whole fucking deal out of it. Um, I want to say it was like 2020, 2021. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere around there. Mm hmm and we made a whole event out of it that night like oh, wow. that's what we wanted to do have popcorn and watch the the theater um televised version mhm so you went in there nothing and i just could not fucking believe it yeah how did you evade this first and foremost
1: i'm not sure so first of all i don't love television versions of musicals fair i mean that are still the broadway like like you're taping, it's almost
0: like you're taping a Broadway theater show, and you're like, "Hey, dude, right. watch this!" It's thing like that that the I...
1: bootleg version of the dude in the front row. I don't sure. want to see that. Okay. I mean, if we're doing Sound of Music, where it's actually a movie, but it's also a musical, great. But I don't want to see the filmed version of a Broadway show. Okay. So I didn't do that, and then I'm not gonna just listen to the music without having seen what? Yeah. But we don't always have the opportunities
0: over here to see some of the musicals that are so for instance Miss Saigon never seen it love the music yeah no okay Avenue Q never seen it love the music no
1: okay <laughs> All right. I, it's like I, I mean it's like going ice skating on tennis shoes why would I do that no okay
0: so you didn't hear it you didn't no, nothing I knew nothing
1: you you knew the premise I mean, I knew the premise. I okay. knew the name. So then why even go see it? Because the the hype. Okay. Seriously, the hype. And my mom loves musicals. She's the one who forced me as child, as a child to... Me and my sister would have to... She was a teacher. So during breaks for Christmas, we would have, you know, a few weeks off or whatever. And she would be off as well. And we were absolutely by force sat in front of the television to watch the sound of music, the King and I, like it was not a choice every freaking year. And we hated it until we loved it. Like it's just what <laughs> happened. Right. <laughs> and then, um, so I, I heard it was coming to El Paso. I got an email cause we had gone to some other shows and, you know, at the Plaza theater and it was like, Oh, pre-sale tickets, whatever. I texted my mom. This was like in April, Maybe March. Um, Hamilton's coming to El Paso. I text my mom. I'm like, "Is do you want to go?" She's like, "Oh my god, absolutely!" I said, "I will buy you this for Mother's Day." I mean, the tickets weren't ridiculous and they weren't cheap, right? right. So it was it was a good it was a good gift. It was a chunk. It was a good gift. It was a great gift. Um, my mom is now a teenager. So immediately when I'm like, do you want to go? She's like, can my friend come too? Because <laughs> okay, now we have <laughs> traded places in life. I said, of course. So here we go. Take her and her friend. Uh, and it felt like this feels like a really good reason to go see it. And I'm curious, right? Like there's a lot of hype around it. I know you've talked about it. You've, I've been with you in a room when you have it playing. And like, I don't know what's happening, but I know that that's what you're listening to. So, okay, I'm in.
0: Okay, so I'm going to pause you right there to say that I know that having heard that your mom is a, is a fan of musicals, I didn't think that this would appeal to her in her age group because it's hip-hop.
1: She just, she loves a Broadway show. Okay. Period.
0: The drama, the yeah. theatrics, oh, all she,
1: the things. She, okay. The theater. Okay. Yeah, she loves it. Fair enough.
0: Mm-hmm. So then you go see it and and then I get like text messages afterwards of like, oh my god those oh to
1: which i'm like well duh oh didn't i tell you no i think i said (laughs) how have i lived without (laughs) seeing this why didn't you tell me like what yeah
0: okay so what about it appeal
1: to you mind blown so the contradiction the multiple contradictions had me for one um the contradiction of the story of the founding fathers being told in bodies of people of color mm-hmm. helped pull it it like removed the colonizer film for me and let me pay attention to the story which is so weird
0: um because if it was an actual like broadway theater that was not hip-hop and that had like old dusty white crusty white men doing it i would you last were, you five been, minutes okay
1: i would have been wasted in the bar <laughs> like it, it would have just been is this prohibition because i'm drinking the whiskey like i'm done <laughs> uh it wouldn't have appealed to me and then the contradiction of time period costumes we're talking about the founding fathers and then it's like most deaf walked in the room right yes the beats the rap the undertones of bass and just this modernized music it it just it was enough to give me the scooby-doo like from the get that i'm like what is happening right now um also, the third Skyler sister, Peggy, who I don't know where the <laughs> fuck she came from. I don't know where she went. <laughs> I don't know what Peggy. the fuck happened to Peggy. And Peggy. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Peggy. That also, I'm not going to lie. I was like, what the fuck happened to Peggy? Nothing. That's, Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all that, it was just from the beginning, the contradictions sucked me in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And
0: now that you have seen it do you did you download the soundtrack are you listening to it in the car now Absolutely. do you know the words i to know most the of words the thing? okay
1: and i think in in just paying attention to pop culture and being in the world there were some of the choruses from some songs like my shot like i had heard and probably literally from being in the room with you really Mm-hmm. I had heard some of this. I'm a good so I was influence. Like, you are sometimes. Um, it felt familiar, but again, I think the the beats and the tones felt familiar, right? Even if this wasn't a song I knew, it was a familiarity that was like, oh yeah, I can lean into this and feel good.
0: One of my favorite things about this is thinking that um, what we've been hearing from some of some um, educators for a long time is you know how you can get kids to learn is absolutely
1: and turn it into
0: a rap and this was one of those moments where it's like okay hamilton has now opened the eyes of a whole new generation of folks because of the appeal of the genre of music into learning about the history of and i just want to i want to take a second and say like this is not supposed to be an accurate portrayal this is not a historical documentary. Right. This is a, an interpretation of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. someone's life as put into a musical that is hip hop. So this is not like you are getting the History the Channel's version. version. Yeah. No, no, nope.
1: no. I, I mean, I do. I have a really good friend who also works in schools. She's worked in high school. She's not in elementary school. But she really was like, this felt to me. She went to see it the day before I did This felt to me like some teacher said, how do I get kids to pay attention to this? And then wrote this musical, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the other thing that sucked me and I will say, um, after going through, you know, half of of the show. So this originally came out in 2015. Mm -hmm. It's been a long time. Like I am late to the party. Fucking late to the party, which is not unusual for me. But the lyrics... I'm a sucker for good lyrics Mm. and oh my Lin-Manuel Miranda is a genius he's a fucking G like that is what kept coming to my mind the way the lyrics are tied into one another the way that songs come back up at appropriate moments the way I mean from the get you get the foreshadowing of Burr saying I'm the idiot who shot him like you know what's gonna happen and obviously it's history we know it's gonna happen but the way that the story unfolds and it just it's brilliant I mean the music the background it is I, this man probably does not sleep <laughs> <laughs> he is an insomniac for sure he I think he
0: is he is one of those um He's a, uh, one of those examples of when you go down a rabbit hole so hard yes. about something yes. and you're so all well consumed with it that you have no choice but to create something that is so genius. And I say that because I did read an article later on about how he did go down this rabbit hole. He read the book
1: mm-hmm. and then he spent
0: time in Alexander Hamilton's home in oh. Manhattan going through the rooms and and just feeling the presence to try to get that inspiration to have have the story be told the way it need to be told through him like he was the muse that was writing down the things right and I agree with you this musical is genius it's genius you don't have to agree with and there is some controversy about telling a story um, using black bodies but there are no black characters in there right mm-hmm. so there is that piece of it but again this is not an act this is not pbs historical portrayal but him being able to wind some of those lyrics together not just to tell the story but to tie it to modern times about yes, to immigrants relevance. immigrants get it done oh and then people like clap and stuff right um and then t- like poking fun about we know who plants the tobacco slaves because you're not using any of your own body to do this work like to the barbs that are so just smart and relevant and will remain relevant to tell this story well
1: and so I did ask a couple of other folks that I talked to that had seen it um, afterwards I was like so there's this part right where they say like immigrants get it done And they pause and the audience in El Paso went crazy. Mm -hmm. And I said, I asked, does this happen in other cities? And they were like, of course you think El Paso is the only place with immigrants. I was like, no, but I don't know that that's in my brain who goes to the theater and who has access to the theater and who is interested in the theater. There's this stereotypical that that's not for us. And this makes it for us, right? That's mm-hmm. what it felt like. So I didn't know. I genuinely was asking the question, is this a thing that happens? And we're like, of course. So that made me really happy too, that that we're evolving into like, of course, we can love this. Of course, this can be for us. Of course, I also had an interesting conversation about, I, I was talking around someone and saying, George Washington was this Asian man and Mm -hmm. in this version right and this and it was beautiful and all of the things and it let me see past the the colonizer lens and all of these pieces well is it really accurate is it really this and that and I kept thinking just oh so now representation matters Mm
0: -hmm.
1: oh Mm -hmm. interesting so when it's not white men playing white men because non-white Representations have been played by white people for yes. millennia, and that was okay. Mm-hmm. But now it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting to me.
0: I, you know, that was one of the complaints from the other side of like, oh, so now you get to tell history the way you want to tell it oh, with black voices. Weird. Exactly. And mm. I was like, and how pissed off would I be if it was all white boys and white women who were rapping using? this genre of music that was never created for you was created for a voice that was very specific to tell a story that they came from i would be
1: pissed and it wouldn't have it gone was, anywhere no
0: it would have just been it like oh, mm, oh great immigrants get it done clap, clap because also
1: know? who goes to see this particular musical mm-hmm. who's drawn to this musical that isn't going to The Sound of Music. That isn't going to these other pieces. Like, this felt very... I am talking to you, and I want you to pay attention to this story. So I'm going to frame it in this way for you.
0: I was super excited when this first came out. Not not that... I don't think that lean manuel this was the first person who had ever done hip-hop for Broadway. I don't think no. that that's the yeah. case. But for me... This was just so compelling, so well done, so smartly written, and it's catchy. Like, these are themes that, and you can, the differences in, so the old, stodgy, um, actual singing that King George does is very different than the hip-hop that the new world is doing, the new characters are doing. The um, rap battle between Jefferson and Hamilton Uh. was fucking brilliant. Um, the battle between Hamilton and the guy who was like, don't, you know, don't believe what they're telling you. This isn't just follow along with the monarchy. Like that was brilliant. Like all of these yes. things to me were so appealing because of the way that they were written. And in a very catchy, like, I love hip hop. This is really a great way to consume mm-hmm. hip hop mm-hmm. for, I mean, not that I don't like it otherwise, but. For a Broadway musical, this was a great way for me to consume that.
1: What was your favorite song?
0: My favorite song uh, is My Shot. Mm-hmm. So Not Throwing Away My Shot and Rise Up, because those two things oh. are in there, right? Yes. got to rise up. When are these colonies going to rise up, right? There are some times where when I have to do something incredibly difficult, that song, Not Throwing Away My Shot, that goes through my head because... Even if it's difficult, if I have that opportunity, I have to get it done. I have no choice. And that's like my like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Here we go. So when I used to do lobbying, that would go through my head like, oh, this is going to be shit, and this is going to be hard, and but I've got to do it, because I have this opportunity to make this difference, and I'm just gonna.
1: So interestingly, I've been thinking about you and that song, and... Uh, before we had this conversation because I feel like you may or may not be in this transition period of life where it feels like you're uncertain about some things and I feel like you are not the Aaron Burr to this story you're not going to wait for it like you're not that's not you. You can, that can't be you. You have so much to offer, and you cannot let the opportunity pass you by because you're scared, because you think you're not good enough, because you've had you you have these things in your past that may, to the dominant culture, say I'm not worthy of these pieces. I I've been thinking about you in this song, so I love that you said it was your favorite.
0: That
1: is my. So, what is your favorite? You're gonna laugh. Okay, <laughs> I'm already laughing. I mean, shit. Um, so. I'm going to preface and say that I think that art comes to us, or well, both. Art comes to us in times when we need it, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we pay attention to particular pieces of art when we need mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And we may bring a different experience to the piece in a moment that may not have been there previously. So, that said, um, currently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my favorite song, <laughs> oh, God is um, what comes Next, <laughs> which is King George. Uh, and he's talking about like the price of my war, they're not willing to pay it like, These little bastards basically are leaving me. And guess what? It's going to be fucking hard. You're going to go do this by yourself and you're going to figure it out. And don't come crying back to me. And I think that comes from a place of being a parent. I think that comes from a place of being a supervisor and a manager. I think that comes from a place of just being pissed off sometimes. Um, And also, I think it is hilarious. There's a little part where the music kind of stops and he says, awesome. Wow. And it just kills me I think it is hilarious (laughs) I think it is so funny and there are parts where he's talking about like do you know how hard it is to lead do you know what do you even know what's coming Mm -hmm. and you know I think in our our previous episode we were talking about just this country and where we're at right now and it feels very much like potentially on the brink of a civil war with the politics and the binaries and the needing to put people in boxes and you're one side or the other and the extremism and it can very much feel like this ghost of king george past is like huh really look Mm -hmm. how cute you are (laughs) how cute But please go, by all means, go do your own damn thing, right? Right. So all of that, I think, is in my head right now. I definitely think that there are, um, I love Rise Up. Mm. I love my shot. So I think there are going to be moments where those pieces feel closer to my heart and soul. Um, But right now, I might be feeling a little uh, salty. (laughs) And this one feels right.
0: You were so spot on when you say that art comes to you when you need it or like it, like you subconsciously fish out the yes. things that you need when you're listening to it. So during all of this, my um, my stepdad, my dad died. Mm. And one of the Aaron Burr songs was um, Life Doesn't Discriminate. It Takes and It Takes and It Takes. Mm. And that kept playing over and over because that particular year I lost my dad. I lost one of my best friends in the world, um, an ex's sibling um also passed away and there was so much loss in that year that that song was just over and over and over because it just doesn't discriminate it does just take um so these songs do like he captured so many different emotions like when this is not a i'm not ruining anything for you but when when uh hamilton's son dies Oh. And the song where he where he's like, if you see him walking in the streets, you know, like he's talking walking by himself, talking by himself, have mercy.
1: Ugh, that, like was, that was just I was bawling,
0: crying, sniffles,
1: bawling mm-hmm. when and they and the the couple themselves are at this critical point of their own relationship. And then, I mean, I think we've both known folks who, have lost a child and it's... It's the make or break. Like, I don't know how people survive that. I don't. I have no idea how people survive that. It, it is... Uh, and knock on wood. And like, may I never know that pain. Um, but there was a moment where they're, they're still pissed at each other. They hate each other. And well, she hates him. Maybe they don't right. hate each other. She hates him. And then their son is obviously dying. And they just kind of clasp hands over his body lost my shit Mm. lost my shit. Cause I'm like, people do this and then they go on, you know? And then she ends up being just this remarkable human that carries a legacy, carries a story, wants to make sure that people knew the good in these folks, even though they had, she saw their worst days. And that just like, damn, all the gender politics again of what are we expected to do as women, as wives, as mothers, as what lovers, are we, all of it. Mm-hmm. What are we expected to tolerate? What are we expected to deal with? Um, it just, it, it it really hit me hard. Um, that whole, cha- her whole character. Was mm. very interesting to me. Eliza's character was very interesting to Not me. Not Peggy? No, Peggy. Yeah. Pobre? No, se pobrecita Peggy. Who sabe dónde andará. But that one really... Um, and again, being a person who has been cheated on. Right. And who had a marriage end as a result. And all of it. Like... I will I w- I did not stand by my man. <laughs> that did not fucking happen. Thank you, tell me why not. I will say that listening to
0: the soundtrack over and over and over, there when I put it together, so yes, I did watch the 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 videotaped theater um production mm-hmm. of it that was played on Disney. Yes. But watching it live and putting together some of the pieces of like oh, they're going back and forth like um Eliza's sister And her relationship with Alexander and how they would pause Mm. in on the stage in real time and the song would go back to her and then pick up like the live action would pick up again like there were some light bulbs that went off that were like oh I didn't get this listening to the soundtrack the first million times that I listened to it but now some of these things make sense about how much she loved him Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. what he did to eliza hurt her just as much if not
1: more i kept wondering like did they have an affair or were they just friends and like intellectual partners because that kept bothering me and i haven't looked it up to be honest with you because i don't want to know
0: i haven't looked it up either i i don't know it it sounds like they may have like you know scronked or what have you or had some kind of relationship on the side as well but also goes to, a, like you were saying, like how much have women given up? Like obviously mm-hmm. she loved she did. him, mm-hmm. but gave up what she wanted in lieu of what was right for her family because she was the oldest and new. Like, had to. I can't just no. fall in love with and get married to whomever I want. I've got to do right by my right, in quotations, yeah. by my family, by finding someone else who is rich and all the things to maintain. Mm-hmm. He has to, he will I'll forego for my sister to have her, yeah. her sh- knight in shining armor kind of thing.
1: Who was your favorite character?
0: Ooh, um, that was, t- that's tough. I think I have a newfound respect for Burr after seeing it. He's not my favorite, but <gasps> really? that kind of did go up. And so here's why. So I think that juxtaposition of not throwing away my shot okay. and taking opportunities and rising up and standing up versus Burr, who is like, I'll wait for mine, I'm gonna wait for it, is at that intersection of assimilation and brown pride, because Ooh. sometimes you've, you've got to assimilate, and you I'm gonna wait for it, I'm gonna play right, I'm gonna do by the rules, I'm gonna do the things, and then some of us are like, no manches way I'm gonna do the things because I because this is my my chance because I owe it Mm to my parents came over a huevo to make a new life I'm gonna do the best by it and push the envelope and that to me is like a newfound respect for sitting at that intersection of what what we do every day how we have to code switch who we code switch with how we have to live our lives did our parents get hit on the knuckles by nuns because they couldn't speak spanish like what do we do with our opportunity so i have a newfound respect for him i think though overall i think eliza is now my favorite character because of the complexity it is to be a woman Mm. to be married to also, like, have so much, like, I get it. I want that revolution. I want a revolution for women as well. I lost my son. Yeah. She, I think right now she's my character. And that may change next week. Absolutely. No, I love that. But right now, I, she's, she's in it for you me. You
1: know, if, for talking about Aaron Burr, and you said, like, do our, did they get hit on the knuckles for not speaking English? right? Like what was the punishment for not being completely assimilated? And, um, there's a point where he's saying, don't ever let them know what you're for or against. Mm-hmm. And then Hamilton asks him, what will you fall for? If they don't know, if you don't know what you're for, what will you fall for? Right. And that's, um, I think that hit me also, cause sometimes I think I do stay quiet. It's easier. It's easier to not let people know it's easier to be in the shadows it's easier to go with the flow it's easier to um not have that opinion be public and and when does that serve me and when does it not when does it serve other people Mm -hmm. so that hit me so i absolutely um yeah he's very thought provoking It, it it is the whole thing absolutely
0: So, who was your favorite? You left me hanging. Oh, my
1: favorite character right now? Uh, Because I'm fresh to this still Lafayette. (laughs) Oh, I loved him. Yes. Hilarious. Just like, um, just funny. The comic relief, the like ready to cheers for all the celebrations and in it. And then also like getting shit done in the background and being the like, um, he needed those friends. That was the other part that I think stuck out for me too, is that these friends that were seemingly irrelevant in the beginning and that were just like the drunks at the bar, right? I mean, I think that's how our relationship <laughs> started. So it, uh, who are the people that at the end of the day you keep calling into your life and into the important moments because you know that they have your back? Um, that stood out for me. So I loved Lafayette for that reason.
0: Mm, That's where okay. I'm at right
1: now. Okay. I see where we're going with Eliza. I may be there in a few weeks, but right now <laughs> right now I'm so Lafayette. I find him hilarious. Um, I also really enjoyed I, I think I'm I might be getting there with Eliza. I'm not quite there yet, but I, I'm I'm starting to, to think about the complexities and the untold stories because also we have to think about how this is told from assumptions, imaginations, stories that were not written down because they weren't deemed worthy because they were of women. And so what do we not know? And that that piece I'm going to have to sit with for a bit. I think Eliza is my favorite because I watched it.
0: In If you just listen to the soundtrack for me, she sounds like a side character. Sure. But in seeing it, it's like he... He could not have been fully the man he was, not just without her and because of relationship and all of that stuff, but also going through the hard part of like, oh, I stepped out, got myself into yeah. a situation, but this is, like, you want to talk about Lafayette's loyalty, there's Eliza's loyalty.
1: Absolutely. And ooh, I don't in, know. I get
0: it. Like, she, she could have picked up and gone home to her dad. Or her family or what have you, right? Like, she was in a prominent position to be able to be like, not doing it here, great. I'm just going to go back. I'm not going to have to worry about being a single mom living yeah. with the femme. And she stuck it out anyway. Not just for... Um, she had several... They had several children in real life, right? Right. So... Yeah. But she also worked really hard on trying to preserve her leg, his legacy, like, long-term and in real life. Mm. So that that part for me is like okay she after watching it on stage and pulling pulling it out like in 3d form from just the soundtrack deeper deeper appreciation for her very interesting so coincidentally oh um when i lived in (laughs) when i lived in manhattan while this was apparently while he was in the process of making it Mm. i used to live by hamilton grange and Maya and I, my little doggle, uh, we used to go walk by Hamilton Grange and walk around the house. The, like they moved it from where it was to now its permanent home, um, like south of one forty fifth Street. So I used to go over there quite a bit and see the house that they're talking oh, wow. about. And when when this came out, and I was like, Oh my God, wasn't this that damn yellow house that I used to walk around all the time? Shit. It was, indeed. And I was like, oh, well, sh- damn. How, like, cool is it to see that in living form? Not, I didn't, at the time, I didn't know it. Like, he he was in the process of writing it. But I was like, holy shit. I've actually seen the thing that they're referring to and stuff.
1: That's amazing. Um, I think my, my parting thought mm. on this whole thing mm-hmm. is... The the line about I'm just like my country, young, scrappy, and hungry mm-hmm. makes me feel both sad and validated. <laughs> uh, sad because we're still fighting for shit. Sometimes some of the same shit that people have been fighting for for two hundred years. Um, and also, I think we forget that this country was founded on people who wanted to not be oppressed. And just because the people who are being oppressed look different than those founders um, doesn't mean it's any less valid or justified. Um, And also that it's okay to bitch and complain about it because I know there's better. Like I want to be proud of what we are doing and I know we can do a better fucking job. So that part I think is what I'm carrying in the moment um, both in my work and in my personal life as the mother of a daughter, as the survivor of a violent crime, as a female, as all the things that I carry every day. I And as an ally and a supporter of people who do not fit the dominant culture in any possible way, I we can do better and we're still a young country. And that part I think gets lost on me in the in the mix of it, but this made me think about we still have so much to fucking learn. Yes,
0: that those lyrics. I'm um, just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. Is still relevant because in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things, our country still is young in comparison to young as we know it. And let's be clear, there is like we do have history that we're on stolen land. We have done wrong by indigenous folks who were here before, all of those things. But in terms of what our government looks like now, we are still young, scrap, scrappy, and hungry. Yep. And that means that we still have opportunities to make the difference that we need to make yep. to to just better this place.
1: Absolutely. Whatever that might look like. And, and who it might look like. Mm. Yeah, that's the part. Because we did wrong by a lot of people mm-hmm. in coming here and starting this and uh there are examples all over the place of the erasure that is trying to happen and um and we know better we know better yeah so that that gives me that line gives me a little bit of, of parting hope and, um, and the piece that I'm going to hang on to for now. And, and that feels like we still got work to do. Mm. And we
0: still have more Episodios and Weedy Weedies to do. So I mean. we have no choice but to continue on. I have no choice. Whew. So this has been the Weedy Weedy for July. Debriefing about Hamilton, Ooh. which I still am in awe that you were able to avoid. <laughs>
1: For 48 <laughs> years <laughs> yeah.
0: no, I, can, I just I really can't And that was like you were the first time you were going in there to see the whole thing You got to see the whole show
1: I'm a little bit envious of that in fact I mean it was it's been a long time since it was the first time that I did anything So uh, you know it was good <laughs> It's a good time And with that <laughs> This has been the Weedy
0: Weedy for July um, I'm still Kat Still Charlene And we shall catch you on the flip side. Bye.